Hi everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Unique Paradigms podcast. Welcome to our discussion. Our previous episode in our Shaktiism series continues to cultivate discourse among scholarly thinkers. I truly appreciate the support and I'm elated for the growth of interest in our series throughout our first season. In our previous episode, the interconnections of mantra, bhakti, and tantra, these interconnections are profound in folk or tribal forms of Shaktiism. There is a resilience in tribal rituals. Many pujas are still actively practiced in Mariaman communities in North America as well as throughout the Caribbean and Guyana. I do feel passionate about this as the narrative on these practices have continued to be stigmatized in certain communities in these areas. Additionally, the experiences throughout the Indo-Caribbean diaspora are valuable and unique. For me, the rituals throughout my life has been influential in my personal journey. However, I do feel there are different dimensions to perception and also recognizing that there are shamanic forms of Shaktiism that are not widely adopted, especially when we look at this in the context of Sanatana Dharma. As a scholar, I want to continue to highlight these paradigms, but also these ideologies. As they become more prominent in the West, it's essential to understand that traditions are performed in communities of practice and have significant influence on identity. I feel this is why I still have the resilience in Mariaman worship globally. These practices associated with Devi worship in the context of folk Shaktiism are highly misrepresented throughout diasporic communities. And when we consider and reflect upon diasporic identities, they are complex. And there are many aspects when we consider personal identity development that have yet to be uncovered. This is why discourse is essential. Folk Shaktiism, tribal Shaktiism, is believed to be the first and probably the oldest strand of Shaktiism, and it's still found in rural areas of India, where in which I reference, I often will reference tribal Shaktiism as it was an important aspect of my upbringing and my understanding of my worship to Kali Ma. And there are contextual foundations of bhakti goddesses that have root in folk Shaktiism. So deconstructing the history and worship is essential to a deeper understanding of the various strands of Shaktiism. The current scholarship on the Dravidian movement illustrates a focus on socioeconomic and political dimensions. However, the movement did fail to trace aspects of regional, social, cultural, and religious roots. In the text, the intellectual background of Tamil separatism, we can see these patterns. The history of ancient South Indian civilizations, as well as others, is an interest of mine. Particularly, this was during a time of migration of South Indians throughout the Caribbean, Suriname, Guyana, Mauritius, and Fiji, as well as throughout Africa as indentured servants. I have seen more of a growth in and more attention and 
people drawing to aspects of Dravidianism, and I'm glad to extend our discourse to the religion and culture that existed in modern Tamil societies prior to the indentured servitude that has impacted millions in the diaspora. It is evident from sorts of characteristics associated with the Tamil, Dravidian, and Aryan Brahmin civilizations in Dravidianist discourse that Dravidianism does not approach ancient civilizational history of the Tamil land equally. Dravidianist scholars understand that the Aryan Brahmin conquest of indigenous Tamil society as a root cause of multiple aspects of social catastrophes um, facing descendants of native Tamil-speaking society till this day. However, Dravidian activists, they also hold that present-day descendants of great indigenous civilizations of South India should reconnect with the glory of the past in order to be somewhat relieved of the burdens that we feel and that have stemmed from Aryan Brahmin domination in the societies. The civilization history often are of opposing views. We can also see evidence of Dravidianist thought in literature through the work of scholars such as Pandey Ayoti Das, who led the early of 20th century Buddhist movement that identifies the Dalit Prayarnar caste community as Adi Dravidas. The first indigenous ancient Tamil society also was referenced as the first Dravidians. He advocated for a castless society. He argued that Indians before the Aryan invasions were living peacefully without caste oppression and lived aligned to Buddhism. He is often quoted in the land which was a harmonious unity where tigers and cows would drink together from the same well. There has to be some discord and variants among men themselves who are inhabiting it. Previous literature in folk Hinduism exists in West Bengal and has illustrated the presence of regionalism among different deities across local villages which involve a worship of tribal goddesses. The folk tribal strand can also be referred to as a shamanic strand and in the western paradigms we recognize shamanism and the existence of shamanism. So if we were to blend both paradigms, there is a variety of different definitions that we need to consider when we're looking at shamanism. And the most famous understanding of shamanism in literature comes from the writings of Mircea Aliran. The shamanic complex includes an initiation, and this often involves aspects of illness, um, apparitions, death, rebirth experiences. And there is a, a magical descendants and flight into aspects of underworld and communication with different types of spirits. And also the aspect of spiritual healing. In my experience, the pujaris of Mariaman worship among Indo-Caribbeans fit several of these abilities, as well as sonic experiences. The existence of religious practitioners can also be illustrated in Bengali folk Shaktiism, where non-Brahmin priests and priestesses 
uh, also act as trans mediums and learn how to make contact with the goddess and become a channel for an essence of their personality. In the context of Mariaman worship among Indo-Caribbeans, we also see this similarity and often refer to this as manifestations. In tribal areas, the pujari may be a person trained in invoking deities as well as magical healing. I seek to expand this literature and our discourse on these areas. I feel that expanding scholarly contributions as well as looking at forms of correlation can help us define aspects of leadership, morality, and self-efficacy that exists in the Mariamon community globally. Identifying these correlations that exist will help us to establish a stronger literary cultural space for the practice. Additionally, when we look at this, the expansion of South Asian literature, diasporic influences are limited. Diversity in research is a continuous need, and major contribution in literature was made by South Asians and Europeans dating as early as the 19th century. But the existence of plurality among South Asian literature is unrecognizable to the paradigms of that time. Spaces and values have dictated much of the dialogue that exists when we consider political principles and how they've established different patterns of social exclusion and inclusion. The navigation through different forms of social engineering can be seen through the marginalization of the Dalits and Indian societal structures. The movie, The Bandit Queen, depicts the experience vividly in the life of Pulan Devi, and this is one of the most poignant experiences captured that truly shows the disparity between castes. Although the Indian rival of Tamils globally corresponds to caste expression of Dalits, this brings forth attention to motivators that have influenced the increase of indentured servitude to other regions globally. Scholars such as Katinka Freustad examined aspects of how censorship has influenced social identities and relations. The ban of expressions and religious practices in colonial India has residual effects that we can still see today. I continue to honor my Tamil ancestral connections through Kali worship, daily meditation, and prayer. The journey is continuous as we embody Shakti. I also appreciate the inclusion over the years of Puja and many expressions among our followers of Makali. The additional forms of Durga and varied contexts. I'm truly humbled for all of you in, in listening to our discussions. I look forward to talking to you all soon. Take care.